Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to Haunted Road, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Listener discretion is advised. Years ago, I found myself investigating what was once a Civil War battlefield in the middle of the night, and it was freezing. To be clear, outdoor investigations of wide open spaces are difficult to do, especially at night. If you're using cameras with infrared light, there's nothing for the light to bounce off of, so your cameras just see inky blackness all around. Also, sounds. Sounds are hard to pinpoint. Sure, you may hear voices in the distance, but with no way to determine where it's coming from, how do you know they're not, you know, living people talking? So I wasn't expecting much, but we had to give it the old college try. But I was definitely jealous of my teammates who were investigating inside the cozy inn that was also located on the property. But my shivers and frustration were about to be rewarded, in my world anyway. Because as I swooped my flashlight behind me after hearing a small noise, I was met with a face. Just a face. The face of someone who was clearly a Civil War-era soldier. He had his cap on, his scruffy beard was a tangle against his face, and his brown eyes were staring straight at me. Did I mention it was just a face? As in, no body. Just a floating face in the darkness that disappeared right before my eyes. And that, my friends, was just one of the many experiences I've had over the years in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Let's visit one of my favorite haunts in the area, the Cashtown Inn. I'm Amy Bruni, and welcome to Haunted Road. If you were to visit the Cashtown Inn today, you might be surprised by the decor. It doesn't look like a stereotypical haunted hotel. The cheerful red exterior looks a lot like it did when the two-story inn was first constructed in the late 18th century. A bright white sign displays the hotel's name in blue lettering. The front porch is lined with leafy bushes and trees, and rocking chairs welcome weary travelers. In the summers, American flags in red, white, and blue bunting hang from the balustrades. In the autumn, pumpkins and gourds line the walkway, giving it a cozy feel. The interior is equally comfortable. The lobby boasts blue and white armchairs, and the restaurant's seating area is sandwiched between the bar and a brick wall with a fireplace. If you drop by for their Sunday morning brunch, you can order coffee, muffins, and French toast sprinkled with powdered sugar. You might feel like you've discovered a heartwarming historical gem. But if you were to stay in the inn overnight, the experience could become unsettling. There's an uneasiness here with ties to the boarding house's history. It was first built in 1797. At the time, it was a modest wooden structure where stagecoach drivers could stop to take a break and get something to eat. There were no overnight accommodations. 
Within a decade or two, proprietor Peter Mark rebuilt the stop as a sturdier brick building. And in 1815, he secured a tavern license so he could run it as a hotel. It had four rooms in a cellar with two ovens, so they'd always have freshly baked bread. When the lodge first opened its doors, it didn't have a name. It was just an anonymous inn near a rural Pennsylvania crossroads. As reported on George F. Scotch's On the Road to Gettysburg, Peter didn't let guests pay for their rooms, goods, or cover the local tolls on credit, nor was he open to barter. His insistence on cash alone eventually earned the building the name the Cashtown Inn. The moniker stuck. Just as nobody consciously decided to name the Cashtown Inn, the village that sprang up around it appeared more or less unintentionally. Also called Cashtown, the community slowly grew to accommodate the through traffic the hotel brought in. By the 1800s, Cashtown, both the inn and the town, had earned reputations as getaway destinations. Scotch wrote of the hotel's healthy neighborhood, pure mountain air, and daily bath in fine waters from a natural spring flowing through the cellar. But it wouldn't remain an idyllic vacation spot forever. In the summer of 1863, the Civil War was tearing the United States apart. Although Pennsylvania's Cashtown Inn spent most of the conflict far from the battlefield, eventually, fighting practically reached its front door. The Franklin Township's history webpage written by Craig A. Hartley says, Confederate soldiers were marching through town on June 26, 1863. At 10 o'clock a.m., Union fighters launched a surprise attack. One of the soldiers, a man named Henry Hahn, fired on a mounted trooper, knocking him from his horse. The gunshot may not have killed the soldier, but the fall certainly did. After a full day of suffering, he died that night. It's been speculated that at the time, the soldier was the only wartime casualty in Pennsylvania's Adams County, but it wouldn't remain that way. Around the time of the skirmish, the Confederate Army was camping in Cashtown. Generals A.P. Hill, John D. Imboden, and Henry Heth slept in the inn's rooms, and they occasionally met with Robert E. Lee in the on-site bar room to discuss strategy. Fatefully, the Cashtown Inn stood on a major road the Confederate Army used to transport supplies, and they were in dire need of new provisions. Many soldiers didn't have sturdy shoes. So one day, when Hill, Heth, and Imboden gathered in the barroom, General Hill gave Heth permission to march into Gettysburg, just eight miles away. There, he could search for provisions, including footwear. Famously, on the road, Heth's men clashed with Union troops, and the Battle of Gettysburg erupted on July 1st, less than a week after the scuffle where Henry Hahn killed the mounted man. Called the bloodiest battle of the Civil War, Gettysburg would result in an estimated 50,000 casualties. Now, I don't have the time here to talk about the many hauntings that have been reported across Gettysburg, which is considered a massive hotspot for ghostly activity. In Ghost Stories of America's National Parks, author Joe Sills calls it one of the most haunted places in America. As for the Cashtown Inn, it saw its share of action during the three-day battle. The Confederate Army continued using it as a base and helped themselves to the supplies the owners kept there. They reportedly seized chickens, apples, liquor, a wagon, a horse, and a cow, according to Mike Kendra on Civil War Talk. 
They also used the facility's bread ovens and bathing facilities throughout their stay and converted the basement into a hospital where countless amputations were performed. While the soldiers ransacked Cashtown, the inn's owner and his family hid in the attic. They must have breathed a sigh of relief when the enlistees finally moved on, or at least the living ones did. Following the Battle of Gettysburg, the Cashtown Inn fell on hard times. It had a stint as a library and allegedly as an illegal distillery during Prohibition. The construction of new highways meant the road that passed the lodge wasn't the major thoroughfare it had once been. This diminished the traffic to the inn, which hurt their bottom line. Around the 1950s, the hotel was in serious disrepair. Between 1987 and 2021, the Cashtown Inn changed hands a number of times, undergoing numerous renovations to restore its 200-year-old features. All the while, it continued to operate as a hotel, and guests reported strange supernatural sightings at Cashtown. When visitors took photographs of the inn from the outside, the developed photos often showed faces peeking out the windows. As reported on the Cashtown Inn Gettysburg page on the Occult World website, one very famous photo shows the proprietor standing outside the building near a second person in what looks like a Confederate uniform. This figure is slightly blurry, as if the Civil War era subject moved while the picture was being taken. The proprietor doesn't seem to notice his companion, and the photographer claims there was no second person to be seen when he snapped the picture. On other occasions, people have encountered light anomalies, or as reported by Stephen Coleman, there have been sightings of what he calls glowing areas. People walking through the building will encounter cold spots or see spirits in Civil War-era clothing pacing the halls. Numerous guests have heard footsteps in unoccupied spaces, or they'll step into an empty room to find the furniture has been moved around. Visitors hear horses outside or a voice repeating, hello. Multiple people have felt someone touching or grabbing them. This even happened when they were trying to sleep. Doors have a way of locking on their own. Television sets and lights turn themselves off and on. The Haunted Rooms website explains that on more than one occasion, visitors have stepped into their rooms to find their suitcases fully packed, like the spirits are urging them to move along and get out. Beyond that, it can be challenging to determine what the spirits in the inn are trying to say with their disturbances. It seems that the time 2.45 a.m. is important to them, Multiple visitors have reported that instances happen at that precise hour. For example, one couple booked a room at the Cashtown Inn sometime in the 1990s. During the night, they woke up to the sound of someone pounding on their door, but when they got up to answer, no one was there. The brave husband and wife ventured into the hallway, only to see a shadow pass over the stairs. According to Dave and Sharon Oster's Ghosts of Gettysburg, they also heard a whistle coming from above them, like the sound was coming from the room they'd just emerged from, except they hadn't seen anyone else. Spooked, they both ran back to their room only to find their watches had stopped at the precise second they heard the knocking, around 2.45 a.m. In the Robert E. Lee suite, a woman in an old-fashioned white outfit is often spotted. Her identity is unknown, but some believe she's the daughter of the man who owned the inn during the Battle of Gettysburg. This makes sense, while the room in question is a suite today, it used to be the attic where the owner's family hid throughout the battle. When the attic was converted into a residence, many visitors said they heard furniture being moved around in it, even when it was empty. 
And Rosemary Ellen Guiley's Ghost Hunting Pennsylvania says people who step into the suite sometimes hear something scratching at the window or heavy breathing. A rocking chair in the Robert E. Lee suite sometimes moves on its own. So does the swing on the front porch, even on still nights with no wind. Similarly, a rocking chair often rocks without being pushed in the AP Hill Room, where the eponymous General Hill stayed during the battle. People who have booked this room say they sometimes feel a presence or something unseen touches their legs while they're trying to sleep. In the basement, which served as the makeshift hospital during the Battle of Gettysburg, people have seen spirits tending to injured comrades. According to Rosemary Guiley's Ghost Hunting Pennsylvania, it often smells of cigar smoke. All these reports have drawn ghost hunters and investigators to the Cashtown Inn. On one occasion, a writer was staying in the room known as the Henry Heth Room, which is said to be haunted by the spirit of the man who fell from his horse before the Battle of Gettysburg. The smallest room in the inn, it holds a bed and an armchair. And it's where many people have spotted a spirit in a Civil War-era uniform. The writer said that throughout the night he heard someone knocking on the door, only for the hallway to be empty when he answered. Another time in the same room, paranormal investigators set up a night vision camera that was pointed at a teddy bear and some stuffed balls. If they hoped to capture ghostly footage, they'd end up disappointed. As the story goes in Mark Nesbitt and Patty Wilson's The Big Book of Pennsylvania Ghost Stories, the investigator fell asleep. When he woke, he found the camera on the floor. It wasn't broken, like if it had fallen. Instead, it appeared that it had been set there. As for the teddy bear, it had been turned around, so it was looking out the window, and the balls were strewn throughout the room. The Civil War Ghosts website describes another occasion where a couple at the inn heard knocking and footsteps. Unlike in the earlier stories, this pair chose to ignore it. While they laid in bed, they heard the footsteps draw nearer. Now, the sound was coming from inside their room. It drew closer and closer, continuing right up to the foot of their bed. The couple was too terrified to move as their mattress began to shift, like an invisible visitor had climbed onto it. Finally, something unseen clutched the woman's shoulder. No thank you. Given accounts like these, it's unsurprising that so many guests flee their rooms in the middle of the night rather than spend another minute among the spirits. In an interview with Washington Post reporter James F. Lee, the Cashtown Inn's owner, Jack Palladino, noted that some of these terrified visitors are in such a rush, they leave their keys hanging in the doorknobs. And it's no wonder, as some of these incidents have the potential to be dangerous. Most alarmingly, one guest reported that when he fell asleep one night, his heart medicine was sitting on a table. It was missing when he woke up. This all goes beyond a simple spirit prank. It seems like the specters are trying to get rid of unwanted guests. Most seem to be from the Civil War era, and supernatural activity tends to spike around July 1st through the 3rd, the anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. Perhaps some of the animosity of the war lives on in the spirits that remain here. I've investigated the Cashtown Inn, and so has my guest today. With me, actually. That's right. Mr. Adam Berry is joining us after the break so we can share all the experiences we had at the Cashtown Inn. Stay tuned. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, I am now joined by one of my favorite guests in the whole wide universe, Mr. Adam Berry. Welcome to the program. Hi, Amy Bruni. It's so nice to have you once again. You know, there's so many of these places that I cover that we've investigated and we've had so many great experiences at them. I'm like, I'm just going to have Adam on so we can talk about it. I, You know, I love to talk about ghosts and I love to talk about how crazy we are investigating. (laughs) 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 This is our life at this point. Um, Yeah, it's funny. I wanted to investigate the Cashtown Inn for so long. I feel like I saw it. Well, I'd heard about it for years, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw it on Ghost Hunters, like way back in the day, like pre-either of us. Yeah. And I was fascinated by it. And so it was so exciting when we got to go, because we were there for three nights with Kindred, and it was just us, which mm-hmm. was amazing. So it's like a bed and breakfast hotel kind of situation, and we had full access, and they cooked for us too, which was kind of amazing. Yeah, the food was good. I was like, at first I was like, are they going to make a Civil War, like, you know, Gettysburg grub. Maybe it's going to be like mutton and like <laughs> beans, but it was not. It was actually really good food. No, they made me like amazing salmon and then yes. like a really good pasta. Like I was kind of like any requests. And so every day, and the chef was great. And I have a great story about the chef, but I'll tell it at the end of our interview. Ooh. I mean, I've seen his wife a few times since. So I think it's okay if I tell the story. It's yeah. just kind of emotional. But anyway, so we did some pretty interesting things there. We stayed there. And so we got some activity mm-hmm. at night. I know we heard a lot of sounds at night. And that's what it's known for. There was a lot of bumping and banging and voices. Um, And so I think people need to be aware of that if they decide to stay there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I feel like when we were investigating, it felt like we, even though we were alone, right? It was just the two of us. It felt like the, there were other guests, right? Like there were other guests staying with us that we could not see, like literal ghosts guests ghost guests (laughs) that were kind of wandering around having their own moment in cash town which was so crazy to me yeah it's never a quiet building and what i think is interesting is that so it is sold since we were there Mm -hmm. so the gentleman who owned it when we were there he was great and he was swore up and down he was never going to sell the place he was like no i'm i'm dying here but then he sold it yeah (laughs) i know i was like you know i Never say never, I guess, but like I, I really felt his passion for that location. You know, I really, I you know, obviously I don't know what happened. You know, obviously there, maybe there was a reason why he had to sell it, but I could feel his passion and his commitment to that location. Like it was almost like he was drawn there by some unseen force. You know, uh, very shining esque, but like, but like also really 
into the history and into the preservation. And uh, yeah, so I hope the new owners are are just as cool. Apparently they're great. Apparently they were like total non-believers. Uh, you know, they Ooh. bought the property not based on any ghostly things. Like they just were all about the history. It has really interesting history, uh, which I covered in the first half. But now I'm hearing that they're actually really open to the ghost thing. So I'm not sure if since they've purchased it, they've had experiences and they need answers. Like I haven't gotten the lowdown, but suddenly I've heard they're like, yeah, we could maybe have some people in here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so you maybe know, they bit off more than they could chew. For sure. And you know, we are going very soon. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when this is going to drop, but we're going very soon with uh, Strange Escapes. So we go ask. We are. Well, I think we will already have gone when um, this airs, but people should know that we go to Gettysburg with Strange Escapes, usually at least once a year. Yeah, maybe we'll ask them. I would like to know. So one thing that I think is so interesting is that basement. You know, most basements, especially in those old buildings, you go down, it's like a dirt floor, and there's rocks and things. But like this one, it's a body of water. Like, what do you remember about that? First off, sketch. Very sketchy. Like, how, like, one wrong move in the dark for a ghost hunter, and you are in a pool of water, okay? First and foremost. Two, it was wild because that space really hasn't changed since the Civil War. I mean, it is bare walls. It's bricked, um, brick and stone, right? There's like a concrete walkway. There's water running through it. It's not just stagnant, stale water. It is literally like an underground river of some kind. And I just remember being transported back to the Battle of Gettysburg, immediately entering and thinking of uh, the amputations that were done there, like the, the, the horrors, basically the horrors of war and what was actually going on down there, because it is so well preserved, you know, from that time period. Yeah, I remember watching our crew thinking you guys are going to fall in that amputation water. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that. For sure. <laughs> for they, sure. They just kept talking about like the history. They're very clear that two things that just really, really stood out to me is that a, that water ran red from all of the amputations they did in that basement or in that area. And that B, the limbs stacked so high that it covered up the basement window. Yeah. Like it was just a pile of limbs. And I just could not shake that visual the whole time we were down there. And then on top of that, there was just, there's a very oppressive feeling in that basement. I don't know if that's why, mm. but it just felt very odd. And I know we did like set up a whole psychomantium using that water as yeah. well, which I thought was really interesting. Well, we had to use, I mean, the water's been there, right? So the water's flowing in and out. Like it's always been something there. And we had done a psychomantium in Gettysburg once before and it worked for us. And, you know, why not? We had a whole body of water. I think the setup for that was tricky. <laughs> uh, I think we had to like hang things over the water and our crew uh, helped us. It was very brave. They helped us because we were like, I don't want to fall in. And they, they were like, we don't care. Here we go. Because <laughs> um, they loved the idea so much. And, you know, I, I do remember sitting there in the dark with the psychomantium and like we could both kind of see the reflection of the water in the mirror, just waiting for something to happen. Um, and it wasn't until we started doing the Estes method, the spirit box experiment, that it really jumped off for us. Like it really started getting very active. It did. And what was strange is that, you know, this is an, this happened to us when we investigated the Farnsworth house too. 
we weren't necessarily in contact with someone who died during the Battle of Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. You know, even though there are thousands of people who died in that area in that time frame, a lot of these places, you know, other history has happened since then. <laughs> you know, right. there's been hundreds of years of history since then. And if I remember correctly, we kind of tuned in on someone who might have actually worked there at some point and had died in like a car accident or something. True, true. Downstairs in the basement, it was very much like Grand Central Station for Ghost. It felt like nobody was really staying, sticking around. It was like they were coming. Oh, that's right. right. Like they were coming in and going out, which makes sense because the cash town was that kind of place. Like it was used as a, stage, a stagecoach stop, right? And so people would stop there and they would stay there and they would eat there and then they would kind of move on. And that was the vibe. But it wasn't until we got upstairs to where the bar was, where we started talking to this spirit, this person who was non-living, and it didn't match the vibe of like old-timey Gettysburg. And we started, right? right? And we started getting- It's all coming back to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Celine. Um, (laughs) But we like, we started getting modern day speech and uh, almost like a, a casualness about the conversation and- you know, you had to dig into the research at, to figure out what it was after they gave us their name, you know? Yeah, well, it's strange because it's such a, it's a very rural area right there. You know, it's very mm-hmm. easy to think about the troops like marching down that street, but there's really not a lot around. And so other than that, not a lot had happened. But then I did find out about this former employee who had died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like back to the basement really quick. I totally forgot about that, how there were just all of these spirits kind of coming in and out. And just your personal opinion, you know, it is weird that there is a stream yeah. like running through there. Do you think that has something to do with that? So I think there might be something to that, you know, whole running water theory about charging an area, you know, possibly, right? But I, I think it's more about a familiarity, in my opinion, because that's always been that way, right? It's mm-hmm. always been a river. It's always flowing in and out. Like, it's always been that. And so it seems familiar if a spirit didn't know what time period it was, and they wandered into that space, and they saw it, and they had seen it before, they would immediately be like, oh, I know what this is. Like, it's this cash town, right? So I think, in a way, it's a familiarity, and I think it attracts spirits maybe it's comforting right maybe it's mm-hmm. recognizable maybe it's something that they can always rely on because it's always there it always looks the same i don't know but we just got a lot of activity for sure down there with that right right and i think about people staying there because they you know obviously we experience activity but you and i tend to it's funny i, I think it's kind of ironic like when we stay <laughs> in haunted locations because we're around so many ghosts like nothing wakes us yeah, up. We're, like it is literally like waking the dead. Yeah, like we we're like, tired. we're so exhausted. We've been investigating all night. And like we, I put on my little fan, you, you scroll TikTok till the wee hours yeah, and, and then out. we go to sleep. We're out. <laughs> like, and so it, we're like the worst people to try to observe uh, activity in like an inn. Like we should actually start outsourcing that job to someone who's a lot more scared than we are. Right. I I, you know what? I feel like we should put our crew in that position, yes. right? Because they don't, they're not, they're into ghosts in a way, but they're mostly filming us. And they, when they have activity, they turn white yeah. and they're like, oh my God, what's going on? We'll just put them in the space because then people will be like, oh, that makes sense. You should definitely be sleeping there because we pass out. Yeah. We're like head, we don't head care. hit the pillow. 
I mean, there's only been a couple of times, this is what's weird. So there's only been a couple of times that something has happened while we've stayed at these locations for me. And one was literally the Farnsworth house in Gettysburg, which is, you know, down the road. And I, I felt the covers being tugged on my feet, but of course, of course, the camera placement where it was focused on me didn't get that side of the bed. So you couldn't see anything. Yeah, that's how that works. Exactly. No, I heard footsteps at Cash Town for sure in my room. That kind of like teetering, like mm-hmm. yeah, like someone kind of shifting their weight. Yeah, and I can't remember if I think I was like, "Hello, is anyone there?" Like hoping I would get some more activity, but it was kind of this more like, "Oh, they probably were looking at me and going, she's not scared enough.' Like yeah. this is no fun." Or, or for us, Damn like it. we've spoken to them all day, right? Like they've been talking yeah, they to know us all who day we long. Are. And so once we get up there and we're trying to sleep, it's almost like, oh, they're sleeping. What we should be sleeping, you know, or something. It's like, oh no, give it, let's give them a break for a second. They're just being polite. They're like, yeah, no, exactly. they're asleep. Let's all be yeah. really quiet. We're like, yeah, actually, be quiet. no. Be quiet. Don't we'll wake them up. They're like nice ghosts. Well, apparently people when they stay there, it, it happens quite often that they are woken up by voices mm-hmm. pounding on the walls, footsteps. And so I think maybe it was us, but I know that like, I guess if you go in with an open mind, uh, it should be okay. I don't think it's enough that like people are running out in the middle of the night, but I mean, it is very well known to be haunted. We were talking about the bar area too. Like obviously we got in touch with that more modern spirit, but people see apparitions of like soldiers in uniform in that area as well. Right. I think, I, well, look, we know where the cash town was before even though it was used sort of like as a like a facility you know where there was wounded soldiers and there was amputations and there was a lot of you know a lot of death um but also it it always has been and still is a bed and breakfast so i feel like the activity is in line with that sort of thing right like yes there'll be civil war ghosts for sure but like you said, there could be anyone, someone from the 1950s who stayed there that wanted to wants to go back there as a ghost. Like it's a familiar spot. They know where, you know, and so they show up. Um, it has that vibe. I mean, it is, it can be kind of creepy, obviously, um, but it's a very lived in and very well-traveled environment, I think. Absolutely. And it's one of those places where a lot of memories have been forged. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. people have gone on their honeymoons there. I'm sure people have been married there. I think that that kind of goes for a lot of hotels. We've long speculated that in death, you're not necessarily tied to one location. Like maybe you do go back and revisit places that made you happy at some point or that were nostalgic for you. And maybe that's part of it. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, as you could tell by the owner, then he was so connected to the place. Like he talked about it, like it was like family to him, which is why I'm so surprised he sold. So there has to be something else going on, but um, he really was like, just just completely wrapped up in that place. And so right. if that's how the owner is, imagine people visiting. It's special. It's a really special place. It is. And you know, it's not it's not your ordinary Gettysburg haunt stop either, because everything else is really downtown, right? Right. Every like Jenny Wade, Orphanage, uh, Ghost Tour, Barnesworth, it's all sort of Gettysburg Hotel. It's always it's all sort of like contained. And then you have the cash town, which is almost like the last point a spirit or a person will see before they go to their travels. And it's the first place they encounter before they get into Gettysburg. It, it's, right. a, it's like a mile marker. It's a milestone kind of thing. 
it's not even technically Gettysburg. It's Cashtown. So it's, it's yeah, like, it's right. That's yeah, right. It's just so associated with what happened in Gettysburg. But I will say, so I have time to tell this story. I had Ooh. a very, I had a very weird and spiritual experience at the Cashtown Inn. To this day, people ask me to tell this story, and I'm going to tell it here I first, it. so everyone knows. You know the story. So, I love it. Okay, so basically, anyone who follows me on social media knows that I'm kind of like a vintage car nut, and I have a couple. I'm not like I'm no Jay Leno by any stretch, but I have a couple. And so, <laughs> at this point, I was looking for a convertible Volkswagen Beetle, like Super Beetle, Bug, like a '70s version. They stopped making them in '79. The Super Beetle, anyway, for car buffs listening to me <laughs> correcting me. Um, so I was looking for this particular car, and I've been looking all over the place, and I just could not find one in the shape that I wanted for the price that I wanted. And so we were sitting there the first day we were shooting, and suddenly this man just flies into the parking lot in this little red convertible Super Beetle. And I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, that's the car I want. I looked at it. I could see it was in great shape. He goes inside. It's the chef that's cooking for us. Mm -hmm. He works there. And so I go up to him and I'm like, is that bug for sale? And he's like, it could be. (laughs) And I said, and so we kind of over the next few days while we were there, we discussed terms. I got my mechanic on FaceTime. You know, Mr. X Mm -hmm. was there. Jimmy was there. We went through the whole car. It was in great condition runs really well. And so I made him an offer and he said, he's going to go, he's going to go talk to his wife about it. So the last day we're there, he texted me that the offer was good. They were good with it. So the last day we're there, he shows up with the car, but he's very emotional, like tearing up. Mm. And he, he says, I need to tell you a story about this car. And I'm like, in, in my brain, I'm like, oh, he's not going to sell it to me. Like I could tell he was really torn up about selling it. So we walk across the street away from everybody and he tells me how, I think it was like 20 years before he and his soon to be wife, or no, they had just gotten married. They went on their honeymoon in Salem, Massachusetts. She had been begging him to buy a red convertible beetle. And he kept saying, no, it's not in the budget. We can't, you know, he's very frugal. He's like, we can't afford this. Like it's not going to happen. But they're on their honeymoon and they're driving down the street and they see a, this red convertible Beetle with a for sale sign on it. And she's like, please, can we call the number, please? And he's like, fine. <laughs> so they call the phone number from a payphone, and the guy shows up and he gives them the keys and he's like, just take it for the day. Enjoy. Have fun. And they're on their honeymoon. So they take the Beetle and they drive it all over Salem and they have the best day and they're like, we have to have this car. So they're like, mm-hmm. I think they said they had either train or plane tickets. They cashed those in. They took out advances on their credit card and they bought this car. And it was like their dream car. And they drove it back, um, drove it back to Gettysburg and they'd had it all this time. And as they were getting older though, they just did, it's a manual transmission. They couldn't drive it as much. And so they just, it was sitting more than they wanted it to. And they really wanted it to go to a good home. Right. Right. And so, you know, he said, so I'm going to sell it to you, but I just need you to know that like this, this vehicle has like personified our marriage. Like I love this woman more than anything. And this is the heart thing I've ever done but we know how much you want this we saw how much your daughter loves the car because Charlotte was there and he's like we know she's going to the right owner and it was like oh my gosh well thank you and like so we do the transaction and everything and I get Jenny and I I called the bug Jenny 
<laughs> because yeah, I named her after Jenny Wade because I got her in Gettysburg. Of course, of course. So fast forward, you and I are on our next case. We're in New Hampshire, right? Oh my God, And we're yes. investigating a bed and breakfast. And as we're sitting there, Jenny's getting delivered to my house in Newport, Rhode Island. And Jimmy sends me a video of her coming off the delivery truck, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, look who's here. And so we're sitting with the owners of the bed and breakfast. And I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, look. And I'm showing them the video. I'm like, I just got this car. I found it in Gettysburg. You won't believe the story. And I tell them the story about the man and his wife. And the guy looks at me and he says, hold on a second. You're not going to believe this. And I'm like, oh. He, he leaves the room and he comes back with a cookbook and he opens it mm-hmm. and it says, thanks for a wonderful honeymoon stay. You were, you were fabulous. Love Brian and Mary. It was the couple, the guys that they were, we were investigating, they had owned a bed and breakfast in Salem, Massachusetts years before. And the couple had honeymooned at that bed and breakfast and got in the car and they remembered the story. Yep. So it was the weirdest thing ever. So (laughs) wild. I mean, that's the craziest story because when you talk about like synchronicities and like weird things that happen in our lives, like. Yeah, coincidences are coincidences, but that is out of all of the people that you we could have met at at Cashtown. You met the guy who was making this wonderful food, who like drives up in a bug, and of all the places that we could have gone to investigate right after, it's the couple that owned the bed and breakfast in Salem that they say that. That is literally mathematically impossible to me. It so was crazy. insane. And they were like, they kept in touch with them even. And so the, he knew exactly. He's like, you're not going to believe this. He's like, they mm. stayed at our bed and breakfast. This happened at our bed and breakfast. So and wild. I was just like, holy crap. And so since then, I've actually met the wife. I've done, I I did a show in Pennsylvania and they like came out and I got to meet Aww. her. It was so, it was lovely. It was just such a lovely story. And so now every time I look back at the cash town, like I have that to remember. And every time I look at my driveway and I see little Jenny, the bug, I think of our wonderful time we spent there and yeah. how, you know, the world is just so connected and you never know how. After all these years, the cash town is still making memories for people who visit after exactly. all these years. And that is part of the haunt. I mean, that's part of its legacy. I think so. So, well, it's been lovely to have you. I know you've got a lot of things going on. You have a book that recently came out. Yes. Tell us all about it, please. I My book just came out. It's called Goodbye, Hello, Processing Grief and Understanding Death Through the Paranormal. It's a, it's a great read, spooky stories, but also great conversations on the afterlife and near-death experiences and dream visitations, which I know you contributed a beautiful story to. So mm-hmm. hopefully everybody can go out and uh, and snap, snag a copy. Yes, and we're always doing things too. So if people mm. want to catch up with us, sometimes together, sometimes separate. So I love that. I'm so happy about your book. It's lovely and it's nice to chat with you. And hopefully, oh, I will see you in person very yeah. soon. Yeah, so. I'll see you very soon. The Battle of Gettysburg was violent and bloody and the reverberations persist today. Not only is the famous battlefield said to be haunted, but so is the surrounding area, including the Cashtown Inn. We may not know precisely what the spirits at the old hotel are trying to tell us with their visitations, but we can be certain the haunting will continue until the troubled souls find a way to rest in peace. I'm Amy Bruni, and this was Haunted Road.
Are you tired of the same old vacation destinations and cookie-cutter experiences? Do you crave a sense of mystery, wonder, and adventure that can't be found in ordinary travel brochures? Do you listen to this podcast and think, I'd like to visit that spooky place? Well, that's why I started Strange Escapes, a paranormal-based travel company that takes you to some of the most haunted locations in the world. Frankly, it's my excuse to combine all of my favorite things, which is ghosts, beautiful hotels, food and wine, and other weirdos like me, to be honest. (laughs) If that sounds right up your alley and you want to learn more, then visit strangeescapes.travel and hopefully you can join us sometime. Also, to keep up on all of my upcoming projects and appearances, head to amybruni.com. I have some really great things in the works and I don't want you to miss it. Thanks, Haunted Roadies. Haunted Road is hosted and written by me, Amy Bruni, with additional research by Taylor Hagedorn and Cassandra De Alba. This show is edited and produced by Rima Elkeali, with supervising producer Josh Thane and executive producers Aaron Menke, Alex Williams, and Matt Frederick. Haunted Road is a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Menke. Learn more about this show over at grimandmild.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.